For the third week in a row, the disciples are challenged to teach the gospel. But we aren't surprised to see them strike out for the third time. Their trust continues to waver, and Jesus mocks them for it by telling them that if only they had the faith of a mustard seed, they could move mountains. Huh? I've never seen anyone's faith move a mountain. What does Jesus mean? Well, if we properly understand what Jesus is saying, I think we'd all realize that we have indeed seen mountains move. Tune in to learn how you too can move these mountains. You're listening to The Way with Father Dustin Lyon, a podcast of the Ephesus School Network. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. I'm your host, Father Dustin. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Let us be attentive. As they came to the crowd, a man approached him and fell on his knees. And he said, Master, have pity on my son, since he's moonstruck and suffering terribly. Often he falls into the fire and often into water. And I brought him to your students, but they didn't have the power to heal him. And Jesus said in answer, You faithless generation, completely distorted. How long will I be with you? How long will I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus berated the demon, and it came out of him. And the boy was healed from that hour on. Then Jesus' students approached him privately and asked, What's the reason we didn't have the power to expel it? And he said to them, The reason is that your trust is puny. Amen, I tell you, if you have trust the size of a mustard seed, you'll be able to tell this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be beyond your power. When they gathered together in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The son of humankind is about to be turned over to human hands, and they'll kill him. And on the third day, he will awaken and get up. And they were overcome with anguish. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. That reading is from Matthew 17, verses 14 through 23. The Gospel readings of the last two Sundays have asked us this question. Are we trustworthy in our commission to spread the good news throughout the world? Two weeks ago, the answer was no. We failed to feed the people. When Jesus asked us to feed the people, we thought he was talking about physical bread. So we brought him five loaves and two fish. However, Jesus was talking about spiritual bread, manna from heaven, and he wanted us to teach the people with bread that could not be consumed. Then, last week, we saw that the answer was still no. Jesus sent us ahead in a boat to go out into the world to spread the gospel. He had warned us that it wasn't going to be easy. The good news challenges people, and they often resist. Jesus told us 
that they would hate us because they first hated him. But when a storm arose, as we knew it would, we panicked. We lost our senses, and instead of seeing Christ for who he really is, the Son of God, we thought that he was a ghost. Even when he beckoned to us, we lacked trust and sank in the waters. This week, the question is put to us yet again. Will we finally trust Christ this time? Will the third time be the charm? Can we be entrusted with taking the gospel into the world? The test comes when a man whose son is moonstruck comes to the disciples asking them to heal his son. Most translators translate moonstruck, seleniazome in Greek, as epileptic. But the word actually means moonstruck. What does this mean? Well, Deuteronomy 4.19 may give us the answer. That verse says, And when you look up to the heavens and see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the host of heaven, do not be led astray and bow down to them and serve them. Things that the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples everywhere under heaven. In other words, it's a warning against false idols, whether they are made by man or God. It seems that Matthew is telling us that this man's son, the one who is moonstruck, has been led astray by false idols or prophecies, which are destroying him by fire and water. This is a problem people struggle with today as well. People are led astray by various philosophies and ideologies, which can end with disastrous results. The father here recognizes that only the gospel can help his son, the good news of the living God. So he brings his son to those who have specifically been sent out by Christ to teach that good news. But for the third Sunday in a row, we see the disciples fail. They are unable to help this man's son. Jesus must step in yet again to save the day. After he does so, he chastises his disciples. And he said to them, The reason is that your trust is puny. Amen, I tell you, if you have trust the size of a mustard seed, you'd be able to tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be beyond your power. The trust the size of a mustard seed? What in the world could Jesus mean by this? Well, most of us, after looking in our spice cupboard, will note the mustard seed is a small seed. And if you've listened to many preachers, you've probably heard them make a big deal about this. The point they've probably told you is that the mustard seed is small and that it grows to be a large bush. And if our small faith could grow, then things could really start to happen. But we must cultivate that small faith of ours so that it starts to grow. Well, the mustard seed may be small, but so are other seeds. I believe those who have preached this sort of message have missed the point of what Jesus is trying to say. Jesus picks on the mustard seed, not because it's small, but for another reason entirely. To explain, I'll turn to John Dominic Crossan, who spoke about the mustard seed in his book, Jesus 
a revolutionary biography. There he draws on what ancient farmers wrote about mustard seeds. He sums it up by writing, The mustard plant is dangerous even when domesticated in the garden and is deadly when growing wild in the grain fields. And those nesting birds, which may strike us as charming, represented to ancient farmers a permanent danger to the seed in grain. The point of Jesus comparing the kingdom of God to a mustard seed, in other words, is not just that the mustard plant starts as a proverbially small seed and grows into a shrub of three, four, or even more feet in height. It is that it tends to take over where it is not wanted, that it tends to get out of control, and that it tends to attract birds within cultivated areas where they are not particularly desired. To the ancient farmer, the mustard seed was a nuisance. It grew uncontrollably, taking over the entire field, and attracted birds that would eat the farmer's crops. What Jesus is saying is that the disciples' trust must grow to take over the world, just as a mustard seed takes over a garden. The kingdom of God is going nowhere, with the disciples constantly not getting it. But what about that last part? That part about moving mountains? Jesus said if our faith is like a mustard seed, we'd be able to move a mountain. What does he mean by that? Is our faith supposed to grow to the point that we become magicians, and our primary trick is to make mountains walk? Not quite. I don't think that's what he meant. Think back through Scripture. What is the mountain? If you're thinking of Mount Sinai or Mount Zion, you'd be correct. Mount Sinai is the mountain of the law. It's where Moses received the Ten Commandments and the people, now under God's Torah or instruction, become his people through his command. So the mountain, in this case, represents God's instruction. What Jesus is saying is that if the disciples' trust would start to spread and take over the world, like a mustard seed takes over a garden, then Mount Sinai would be everywhere. God's instruction would spread among all peoples everywhere, and Mount Sinai would be present anywhere the good news is proclaimed. Though it seems this particular passage ends on a sad note, the disciples are still failures, it does end with hope. Jesus explains that even though the worst is yet to come, his betrayal and execution, God will raise him up. This act will show that his teaching does come from God, is justified. And this will be the beginning of the good news, of God's instruction spreading around the world. Christ's rising from the dead will be when the mountain begins to move. Now that we've been reoriented to understand the mustard seed, and now that we know what it means to move mountains, what does this look like in our lives? How would we live our lives if the gospel was growing uncontrollably within us? What would we not fear? Remember, the mustard seed grows where it's unwanted. What parts of our world or what parts of our life don't want the gospel yet need it? Where will we refuse to stop spreading the gospel? To what part of our world or lives will we move the mountain of God's instruction, and how will it take over and change the garden 
into which we planted. These are the challenges Jesus gave his disciples and the challenge we are now facing. May we, having seen the resurrection, walk the way. And may the gospel that we've been entrusted with begin to spread uncontrollably in our lives and in our communities like a mustard seed. Until next week, God bless.